Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And out in the night out, you're tuning in to Wrestle Talk, 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. doing tonight ladies and gentlemen it is eight o'clock eastern time that means one thing and one thing only if you are listening to the sound of my voice you have made a smart choice ladies and gentlemen we're not the, the stone coach steve austin podcast we're not the jim Ross podcast we are the wrestle talk podcast with joe and renee and oh my goodness do we have so much stuff to talk about tonight, we've got the hot spot segment, we got the shooting shout segment, we got the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, we got the Fantasy Wrestling segment, and usually we have two guests, but tonight we only have one guest at nine o'clock or nine thirty Eastern time. We've got Eastern Panhandle Wrestling CEO coming on, and this gentleman has been wrestling all over the East Coast. I've had them all the 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 pleasure and opportunity to to referee many many of CEO's matches throughout his wrestling career. So it's going to be a absolutely awesome time talking to him about his wrestling career, how he got started, some of the promotions he's worked for, some of the titles he's won, the accomplishments that he's, he's that he's had. Absolutely amazing, amazing, amazing time, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to be talking about, obviously, WrestleMania, because WrestleMania, the granddaddy of them all, was this past weekend, not just one night, but two nights, ladies and gentlemen, and it was absolutely amazing. They did, they knocked it out of the park for whatever that they had put in front of them. It was absolutely awesome. We're still ready on the night out till till call, and he should be calling in. Any minute, ladies and gentlemen. As a matter of fact, I do believe, I do believe, if I am not mistaken, Intel Timmy, can you please tell me if I'm mistaken or not? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll try this again. Tonight, I should be calling in any second, ladies and gentlemen. But while we wait on the night out to call in, there's one thing that we need to do, and that's what we always do, and ladies and gentlemen, that is removing your hat, putting your hand over your heart, 
as we pay homage to the greatest country in the world. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is America, damn it. Oh, 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 say can you see and the rocket red flag? Uh-oh. I'll make up for it now. For the land of the free. Brings a tear to my eye every single time. Another thing that brings a tear to my eye is every time I look at this Wrestle Talk podcast mug. If you have not gotten one of these Wrestle Talk podcast mugs, what are you waiting for? Go to the WrestleTalkPodcast.com, go to the store section, and get yourself a mug. It's an absolutely amazing mug. Some places they have t shirts, they have Bill Koozies, no. The Rest of Talk Podcast, we have certified Bill mugs. You don't have to put Bill in them. You can put whatever you want in them. And these things are certified to make your beer ten times colder than what it already is. It's a scientific fact. It's a scientific fact. We've done, the me and Nida have done multiple studies on this, that this Rest of Talk Podcast mug makes your beer Ten times more colder. So get yourself some uh, some Joseckis uh, like what I've got. Put it in the Wrestle Talk podcast mug and take a drink and find out for yourself. Let's see here. Ready? Ah, that's what I call crisp, ladies and gentlemen. That is what I call crisp. Woo! Oh. That's some good stuff, man. I love me some Dos Equis. I love it. Good, good, good stuff. Important for Mexico. Mexico, hey. That's some good stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what, what, what we're going to do right now is while we wait for the night out to uh, be able to finally call in, we're going to go ahead and get into the high spot segment. So, ladies and gentlemen, intern Timmy, I know you're out there. Can you please? Play that music for me. made it work. 
if anything, it made it seem more real than what it already was. When you saw Edge against Christian, uh, Edge against uh, Randy Orton, and you saw Randy Orton sitting there going, you know, you know, struggling to breathe, struggling to get up, it made it more real because you didn't have the fans drowning out, drowning out the the uh, sounds. You didn't have fans calling a wrestler's name that hasn't been there for multiple years because everybody thinks that it's cool to to constantly shout out CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, and there's no reason for it. It made it special. It made it more enjoyable. And the matches were absolutely amazing. I absolutely loved everything about both nights of WrestleMania. I I, I did, you know, the the ladder match between uh, Kofi Kingston and John Morrison and Jey Uso was absolutely amazing. It was absolutely amazing, ladies and gentlemen. These guys did everything that they needed to do and more. And more. And not having the fans there made the match more brutal than what it already was. What a freak. Wow. And then you've got Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against Oscar and uh, Kari Sane. Once again, a great, great, great tag team match. Which we, we turned it out seeing Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross becoming the brand new women's tag team titles. Now, I do have an issue with the women's tag team titles. And I'm going to tell you why. What tag team do we have in female tag teams do we have in the WWE right now? You haven't seen anything from the Iconics. So, basically, the only tag teams that we have right now is Corey Shane and Oscar and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. So, maybe, just maybe, we can, you know, get some more women's tag teams because it doesn't really make sense to me to have uh, tag teams championships if you don't have enough Tag team wrestlers. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we do have the night out. So, Anton Trevor, you can hit that music for me. Nick 
Cross and Alexa Bliss won the tag team women tag team titles. But like I was saying, you know, I, it kind of baffles me why they still have women's tag team titles when you only have, what, two women tag teams? Is that all there is, Josie? I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, kudos to you. For- yeah, because you, you haven't seen the, the Iconics for a good while. So the only tag teams that that you have right now that are women in the WWE is Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, uh, I guess Bailey and Sasha Banks, and the uh, uh, Kabuki Warriors. That's it. Really? Is that it, bro? Is that it? Is that all they're giving us right now? I believe so. Wow, that's a shame. And you know what? I um. I erred on the side of caution for this matchup and thought, really did believe that the Kabukis were going to hold off. Well, guess what? I was 100% wrong. There's no question. I was 100% off base. And uh, I want to welcome everybody who's uh, tuning in right now on the uh, Wrestle Talk podcast YouTube fan, I mean, I'm sorry, Facebook fan page. So sorry that we're late. Shout out to Rob. Shout out to Kurt Gannon. Shout out to Shelly Conway, everybody who's tuning in. Shout out to Big Hoss, guys. I know we're a little bit late. Please share this broadcast. Again, I apologize for my tardiness. Uh, technical issues galore, but we are back. And I got the camera adjusted for those of you that were saying, hey, that camera looks a little wonky. Got it taken care of for you guys. But, Joe, you're right. It's very, very difficult to justify having championships that don't have a whole lot of people competing for them And to be honest with you, I think it's a little disappointing because the argument has been made that there is no richer talent pool right now than the talent pool that the WWE currently has in place, Jonesy. But yet, they struggle to get these sorts of things off the ground. And it doesn't make a lot of sense, which for me personally, I would have loved to see the the Kabukis keep the titles because... I don't think Alexa and uh, Nikki did that great with the belts the first go-around. And to your point, where the hell have the Iconics been? Not that they're a truly legitimate, incredible tag team, in my opinion, because they're they're more of a comedy gimmick, right? But nevertheless, having more bodies in the mix is a good thing, not a bad thing. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Asad. Thank you, Nigel. Thank you, John. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Please share this broadcast, guys. And make sure you dial that number, 657-383-1521, to continue to support the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. Joe, right. there's something else that I want to talk about, man. And I know this is the high spot segment, and I'm real excited. Okay. Because you know what? There's a lot of naysayers. A lot of naysayers. But I would have to contend that considering the circumstances, WWE absolutely outdid themselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely outdid themselves. And I dare anybody to dial that number and challenge me on that. Tell me what you saw that makes you feel like it was subpar. Because let me tell you something, guys. Had any of us been put in the same position, I don't think any of us could have done any better. No. No. Right? I agree. So, again, 657 Three eight three one five two one. What do you say, Jonesy? What are you thinking? Yeah, and and the main thing 
is, is this. You and I both know that there are people out there that if WWE was able to continue to, to have the, the, the WrestleMania in the stadium with all those fans and put on the matches that they did, they would still complain about it because some people just cannot be happy. There are some people that that make it a point of their life to shit on everything that WWE does. Now, I'm not saying that everything that WWE does is golden, but when you complain about absolutely everything, it kind of means... Well, you're, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right, Jones. There are people that cannot yeah, well, be pleased. Why are you watching something that you complain about? Like, if I don't like something... If I don't like a certain amount of movies, I don't watch those movies. I don't complain about them. I just don't watch them. I watch something else. <laughs> I think that's a very, very fair point. And uh, thank you guys, man. We absolutely have a ton of people that are watching live uh, via the Facebook live feed. Thank you guys for being here and supporting the Wrestle Talk podcast. It really does mean a lot to us uh, that you guys are making time. Uh, when you could be binge-watching something else. So just yep. from me and for Joe, we just want to thank you guys for making time, whether you're watching us on the Facebook fan page or you be, you happen to be catching the replay at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. I want to thank you guys. And, of course, Jonesy, I don't know if you hit on this yet, man, all the wonderful sponsors of the WrestleTalk Podcast, the Conspiracy Farm with Pat Milicich, and our boy, Jay Hollywood, thank you guys for supporting us. That's UFC Hall of Famer, Pat Milicic. Yes, I know if I shave the beard, the mask is more efficient. But you know what? I don't know, bro. This beard, I, I, this is a long-term commitment for me, and I don't know how, how quickly I'm going to get rid of the beard just for – I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's worth it for the sake of my health. But, man, this, this, this beard is now part of my identity. So get, cutting, cutting the beard loose is going to be something – that is going to almost have to be mandated, bro, because I absolutely love this thing. It's finally almost getting to the length that I want, Nigel. So cutting the beard is going to be something that that's going to be a major, major moment once I decide to do that. I'm not cutting it for the sake of putting on this stupid mask. No way, dude. No way. <laughs> it ain't happening, Jonesy. I'm not going to let it happen. Well, here's the other thing, Joe. Oh, what'd you say, buddy? I said, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, I'm watching the uh, Facebook Live, and, and uh, that beer that uh, that you're, you're drinking looks a little bit scrumptious. What are you drinking tonight? Man, nothing special, bro. Good old-fashioned American Miller Live. That's all I'm drinking, hey. bro. No, nothing spectacular. No, nothing, nothing too out of this world. And uh, by the way, Josie, I'm trying to hook you back up, man. I'm trying to get my, my – it doesn't want to situate with me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to get you back on loudspeaker, Josie. I apologize to everybody who wants to hear Joe as well. talk about from uh, WrestleMania, and I got to say, one of the highlights for me at WrestleMania was the Boneyard match, 
That match was absolutely one of the coolest things that I've seen in quite some time. That is the perfect match for The Undertaker. Why? He didn't have to do much. He didn't have to take very many bumps. And it still made him out to be a legit badass. That was absolutely a amazing, amazing match. And and every time that I watch that match, when it starts off and they bring out the casket and you're thinking that it's the Undertaker and they open it up and it's AJ Styles and he starts laughing, I, I can't help but just laugh at it. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Jonesy. I think these are two guys who have earned the trust of each other and everybody within the company. So for yep. these guys to be given the opportunity to do this, I have to say everything that I've seen says to me that they were giving an extraordinary amount of creative freedom. If you guys mm-hmm. go and check the uh, WrestleTalk podcast Facebook fan page, we actually shared some of the backstage images, behind-the-scenes images, I should say, of, uh, of, of how that whole thing got put together. And, uh, and I'm glad for those of you who follow us on Facebook because you were able to, um, to participate in that as well. So for me, I don't think there are two guys that could have been chosen that could have done a better job. But I also have heard, and again, I want you guys to dial that number, because I've heard people fuss and complain that it looked like it was something out of a movie. Which, you know what? I can't dispute that. But considering that it was what it was, I have to say that I don't think that they could have done it any better, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I I don't want to hear about whether you liked it or not. I want to hear about what you would have done differently. Because it's real easy to get up on the microphone, right, Jonesy, and say, oh, that was trash, bro, that was trash. But then if you don't have something else to bring to the table to counter it or to say, well, you know what, that was trash, but if it was me, I would have done this, this, and this, then I don't really think you're bringing anything to the table that that has any validity behind it. So if you're going to crap on it, at least tell us what you would do differently. What's up, Nathan? What's up, Owen? What's up, Mike? What's up, Drew? What's up, Mahler? What's up, Matt? Tell us where you guys are checking in from. I'm in the mood to give away a WrestleTalk podcast mug today. Show us and tell us where you're from, and we're going to pick somebody throughout the show that is going to go home with a WrestleTalk podcast mug. So I challenge anybody out there who thinks that they know what could have been done differently. And, again, I want to hear from somebody who doesn't like what they did. If you loved it and if there's something else that you would add to it, Sure, you can come on. We'll talk to you about it. But I want to hear from somebody that doesn't like it, that thinks that they could have done a much better job than what we saw. I'm very, very curious to hear from someone that has that perspective. Shout out to Todd, too. DJ Swag, that's two Gs. Shout out to my man, DJ Swag. Love you, Todd, bro. Thank you for being here. But what else we got on deck tonight, Jonesy? Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and get to a a caller, because we do have a a, a caller. Mr. These are my I'm doing good. How are you doing? We're doing great. So, sir, uh, what were your thoughts about WrestleMania, and what do you think you could have done better? Honestly, the WrestleMania was 
totally different. I will say that without the fans. I will I will say that all the time. But here's the thing. To give us the entertainment that those wrestlers did was phenomenal. I don't care. It, it was awesome. To change it, I don't know. I, I, there's nothing I could really change because I enjoyed it that much. But I will also say one of my favorite matches to watch, and it really wasn't a match. It was The Fiend versus The Cena versus John okay. King. That okay. storyline made my eyes open up so much more. I've been a fan mm-hmm. of wrestling since mid-90s. And to go from different generations to generations and to see the way John Cena was brought in and what he did and everything is totally remarkable. Like it, it took me back to the times that he came, when he first you know, started off and what he did through his time of being here. And it, it just it was a very well put story. I would explain. Well, you know what, Jones? I think think that's a perspective that a lot of people share. And kudos to you, uh, Chris, for bringing it to the table. Now, it's easy, I think, in retrospect, to have a strong opinion either way. Was there something that you would have done differently? 2020, you know, hindsight 2020, is there anything that you would have done differently after witnessing the show? Um, no, honestly, the, the show, I, I don't think there was anything that needed to be changed. Uh, in, in retrospective, it, it, the show went on the way it should have went on, and to give us, with what we're dealing with in life right now, with the virus, they pulled everything out of that they could and they did a phenomenal job. So I don't I wouldn't change anything because it was so great. Awesome man. What a what an incredible perspective. And I know we've got a few other people on hold. You get a chance to get an opportunity. Dial that number guys. Six five seven three eight three one five two one. You're listening to the hottest pro wrestling podcast around right now. Number one in the Midwest and we're making some waves around the country and across the globe. For those of you who don't know, we have been heard to this point in over 40 different countries. And, Joe, I don't know if you knew this, but 11% of our listenership is coming out of the U.K. right now. That's very exciting. So shout-out to our buddies, the Brits. I don't know if it's because they think we're the other Wrestle Talk and they just hit our name on accident, but it, but it stayed pretty consistent. So I would like to believe that we're actually picking up some steam over in Europe and shout out to the 3% of our listeners that come from Central and South America, especially my home country, the beautiful country of Mexico. So shout out to everybody who's tuning in. But I do want to hear from some more callers. Again, guys, 657-383-1521 to be a part of the High Spot segment. Now, Jonesy, I know a lot of people are asking. I know a lot of people are asking. We are going to have the CEO on the show. In case they didn't hear the open, why don't you go ahead and tell the people, Jones, exactly when CEO is going to be joining us and where he's repping. The CEO is going to be joining us on the second hour, which is going to be 9.30 Eastern time, right after the FWWC segment. CEO is a big wrestler in the Eastern Panhandle. You can see him wrestling for 
ECPW, you can see him wrestling for WDWA. Uh, he's wrestling for our, our good friends at Kirby Pro. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be an absolute amazing, amazing interview. He's never been on the podcast before. I know he's got a huge, a huge following. So, that's going to be absolutely amazing. And I do have a little bit of breaking news. So, Anton, tell me if you can hit that news drop for me real quick. So, apparently, from what I'm reading on SmackDown, they are going to begin with a touching tribute to the late Arsenio James Styles, who met a, a autonomy demise last Sunday when he was buried alive in a grotesque televised spectacle of depravity called WrestleMania. Terry-eyed sports entertainers were gathered on the SmackDown stage, six feet apart, of course, as the bell is in holding memory of AJ Styles, who was only 51 degrees. Although criminal charges have not been laid out, it is widely believed that The Undertaker, whose real name is Cab Calloway, is responsible for Styles' <laughs> passing, given that millions watched The Undertaker dump a backhoe loaded in the dirt onto Styles' lifeless body. So could we see The Undertaker getting arrested for murder? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what are you talking about, bro? Are you pulling your Are you pulling your uh, information from KFABNews.com again, Jonesy? I mean, come of on, course. bro. It's, it's of course. Of course. What have it's, I told you about going in? KFABNews is news Like it's 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 real news. I mean, they 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 have stuff like wrestling fans are ordered to make temporary suspension and in, in belief permanent. Uh, they got stuff like WrestleMania pre-show enters its ninth hour. So, you know, come on. <laughs> Nine hours of a WrestleMania pre-show. <laughs> My God, Jonesy. Well, listen, I'm going to go ahead and take this moment and eat a little bit of crow. Because okay. a couple of months ago, maybe maybe a few weeks ago, and, and guys, go ahead and share this broadcast. We want to see the thumbs up. We want to see the hearts flying across the screen. Support the WrestleTalk cast, uh, and thank you guys for being members of the WrestleTalk family. But and make sure you send it, this as to many people as possible because I'm getting ready to eat some crow, and that's something that, uh, like, you know, like I'm pulling the Jericho when he tries to say, he can't say sorry. That's how I feel, bro. But here's what I got to admit, Jonesy. You, sir, you called it. And I argued and debated and made a great point, I think, and I might even convince you a little bit. I did not think that Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair was going to happen because I did not have the foresight that you had. You started to think further ahead than I did. I thought uh-huh. that the NXT, versus, the NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown was like a very much a Survivor Series thing, and it wasn't. They carried it over. And you know what, dude? It was a freaking home run. Now, I will say that the, the yelling and screaming without the crowd in the background to kind of to, to break that up a little bit was a little weird. And uh, as my children and, and wife came in and out of the room where I was watching, they were alarmed because they were like, whoa, is somebody getting murdered or something? And, and there were some other references made, but I'm not going to bring those up on the air. But it was just bad. Okay, it sounded like over 21 content in certain moments in that match. 
But aside from all the yelling and screaming and softcore porn that was going on, okay, I thought it was fantastic, bro. They hit a home run, and I think they did the right thing by letting Charlotte win the NXT championship. Again, this is coming from a guy who thought it wasn't going to happen. So, Joe, I tip my uh, my face mask to you, my uh, N95 mask to you, and say I was wrong. You were right. You're smart. I'm dumb. You're handsome. I'm ugly. I'm fat. You're not. Okay, no, we're both fat. So I can't give you that one. But my point is, <laughs> you were right, Josie, and I got to give you all the credit in the world. You deserved it. You called it, and it was a freaking home run. So I tip my mask to you, sir. I tip. Ow, ow, damn, I shouldn't have let it go. I tip my, my mask to you, Joe. You were absolutely right. Shame on me. So I, I accept your apology on one condition. All you have to do is say that Ozzy Gallagher is the best wrestler ever. That's all you have to say. Come again? Come again? What would you say? All you have to do, I will accept your apology. All you have to do is just say that Ozzy Gallagher is the best wrestler that has ever stepped foot in a Macho 
Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold and Undertaker, I think it's borderline insult. Because in order to be a GOAT, in my opinion, you have to have the full package. And I know you're going to make your argument, well, Night Owl, it's Night Owl with a K. It's Night with a K. Stone Cold only had four moves. Yeah, bro, that was later in his career. Okay, it was later in his career. We all know that early on, Stone Cold, Steve Williams, okay, was a great technician in the ring. And then he got to a point where his health wouldn't allow him to do some of the things that he was doing when he was with Ryan Tillman on the Hollywood Blondes. Goldberg never displayed the same type of ring acumen that those guys did. And don't even hit me with the whole Kogan nonsense, because if you go and watch some of the New Japan stuff, that Hulk Hogan did against, like, the great Muda and such, you can see that he's very capable, but was never allowed to do that. You tell me when you saw any of that from Goldberg. I want to hear from anybody who makes a statement like that, and I want you to back it up. All right, I got some more comments coming in here, Jonesy, about Goldberg. Uh, from our boy John over in VA, he says, uh, Jones, your Hoss impression needs work. And then... Uh, Canada's in the house. What's up, y'all? Hey, Aaron Hills, what's up, man? I hope you got my video, bro. I love you, brother. Uh, thanks for your, your ear and your mentorship, bro. It means a lot to me. Uh, it says, but beating Goldberg should be like Strowman's rise, him not losing Goofy in two months after he drops the belt to Reigns eventually. Um, you're going to have to retype that a little bit because I, I, you kind of lost me a little bit there, Daniel. Hogan could go, but people paid for the three moves. That I 100% agree with. Here's Drew responding back, Jonesy. He says, all four of Goldberg's moves were believable. Stone Cold did 100 punches with no blood and no knockout, then wins with a jawbreaker. Jeez Louise. How dare you call the Stone Cold Stunner a jawbreaker, man? That was the most electrifying move in pro wrestling history. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I absolutely disagree with you. Use your chic soundbite on that. You don't tell me when to use my soundbites. Man, Drew's in here raising all types of hell today, Jonesy. What else are we going to talk about, brother? <laughs> what yeah, you say? So, you know, I said Drew's being a troll, but of course that it's like 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 Drew is like, disagreeing like, with everybody just because he likes to disagree with the good people. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, you are the man at getting heat. You are the man. Well, guys, let me remind you one more time uh, that we do have a very very special thing going on right now. Um, we want to contribute and help out the independent wrestlers that, uh, that are not able to produce income for themselves right now, okay? And the way we're doing that is we're encouraging you guys to go to WrestleTalkPodcast.com or just shoot us a DM and go ahead and start customizing your WrestleTalk Podcast mug. We will get your name engraved at the bottom of the mug. Total price for the mug itself is $20 with the engraving plus shipping. If you live in the area, I will personally go drop it off to you. So don't worry about the shipping in that situation. But if you purchase a mug, we will take half of our profit, which is $5, and we will give it to your favorite wrestler, wrestling promotion, or a charity of your choice, and we will prove that we donated that money. So if you've been looking for an incentive to buy a WrestleTalk Podcast mug, guaranteed to make your beverage taste 17% better, make sure you shoot us a message. So we can get started on customizing your WrestleTalk podcast mug today. And again, your favorite wrestler, your favorite promotion, or your favorite charity, that's where half of the profit, which is a total of $5, 
for every mug sold will go to one of those three at your discretion. Go ahead, Jonesy. What else you got? So apparently from what I have been reading, apparently um, Brock Lesnar was not happy at WrestleMania. He wasn't happy that he had to, to do their match in front of no fans. He wasn't happy that he had to lose the match. And apparently, he wasn't happy that he wasn't getting paid as much as he was getting paid. And because of all of this, and because of his antics, he got into, apparently, and, and this is just from multiple sources, he got into a verbal altercation with Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon had Brock Lesnar removed from the WrestleMania set because of of everything that he was doing back backstage. Now, of course, Brock Lesnar has had a history of complaining whenever he would, you know, especially at WrestleMania. So, you know, apparently from what Vince McMahon has said, from the sources, Brock Lesnar is done in the WWE. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but it could very well be. I'm not buying it for a second, dude. Absolutely not. And you know what? I have to say this. And I know we got some callers, guys. Hang tight. We're going to bring you on, okay? For those of you who want to get on, no guests in the first hour during today's show. You guys got a full 20, 25 minutes to come on and talk wrestling with us. Bro, you know who doesn't get enough credit? Barack Lesnar. Dude, the more that they played that clip back of him getting eliminated at WrestleMania, or as I watch the match and I see him sell his freaking ass off, dude, the more I'm impressed. I mean, seriously, like, nobody wants to give this dude his props, and I get it because of the whole part-time stigma, and people are always fussing that he never shows up and that he should be there every week, which doesn't make any sense to me because that takes away the kind of his, his, his main appeal, which is him being kind of an attraction instead of like just a regular typical guy that's there every week, week in, week out. So from, from that perspective, I don't necessarily agree. But, I mean, come on, guys. If John Cena gives the man props and says, you know what, this dude is a credible professional wrestler. If you guys don't appreciate Brock Lesnar, you're clearly missing the mark. And I started to pay more attention when I heard John Cena say that, bro. And guess what? I agree. Nobody gives this man the credit he deserves for being an outstanding worker from the perspective of he sells, bro. I mean, he freaking sells his ass off. Go back and look at the sell when Drew McIntyre hit him with the boot at the Royal Rumble and he went over the top. I mean, he sold that shit better than anybody. So for people who want to criticize Brock for not being there all the time, I will take that. But if you're telling me that his matches aren't exciting when they start, I think you're a liar. And I challenge you to call in and dispute that with me by dialing 657-383-1521. And by the way, guys, the thumbs up and the hearts, we love those. Please keep hitting that. And if you haven't already hit the share button, please, please do that. Jones, you got for us, man. I got to tell you, Renee. You know, you know. While you were going on your spiel with uh, about Brock Lesnar, we got a phone call in. We have a caller, and 
apparently he is very, very mad because he hasn't been on the podcast since the beginning of the the show. And apparently, if this is the 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 new host of the Wrestle Talk podcast, Nigel Rabbit. I have no idea why my show is going on without me. This is my bloody show, Renee. You gave it to me weeks ago, and here you are holding court without King. Well, wait a minute. Nigel Rabbit, I don't know how you have the money to make these sorts of international phone calls on a regular basis, but let me tell you something. I gave up on the topic. I didn't give up my show. You need to go back and read the fine print, sir. You, you, first of all, you don't know how to write, let alone write fine print. Uh, I've seen your typing skills. They're deplorable. Uh, your reading <laughs> skills are worse. That's why you ask people to retype. Uh, but I didn't come on to complain about the fact that I'm not receiving my WrestleTalk monies because this is my show. I came to, uh, uh, to, to voice some opinion on uh, these WrestleMania 36 uh, because okay. you were looking for uh, dissenting opinions. And for what they had, I, I for what they did... They, they did yes. all right. It wasn't a terrible show, but I, I really think it shined in the Boneyard and in the Firefly Funhouse matches. Because, I mean, let's be honest, everyone, I mean, someone had commented that there was a message on, uh, on the Twitter machine that said that my parents, I don't think my parents are watching WrestleMania. You had commented about the NC-17 nature of the audio feed that was going on as you were watching... Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the the women's match and I mean really an empty house for Wrestlemania not really going to give you the spectacle that you need uh, now, now everyone performed admirably did a wonderful job uh, everybody did beautifully I'm not taking anything away from any of the competitors I'm not taking anything away from anyone in WWE but I really feel that WWE really missed the brass ring here because they could have done every single match like some sort of cinematic spectacle like the Boneyard match, like the Firefly Funhouse match, and could have made this absence of audience at least worthwhile to make this show really unique and really different. Uh, uh, Because when are we ever going to see The Undertaker and and AJ Styles in, in Something quite as spectacular as all that. I mean, we've seen both of them shine. Both of them have have been tremendous in-ring competitors. But now you add the the spectacle of cinematic behavior, cinematic antics on the screen. And that took what a lot of people that I knew were kind of like, "Eh, I mean, mean, it's Taker and it's AJ and, and that's great and all, but... Oh, everything going on and, and Taker's up there in age and everyone was worried and Taker didn't come off looking at all like the old man uh, that, that AJ Styles was claiming that he was. And uh, AJ Styles looked like he was really waging a psychological and physical war against The Undertaker. I thought it was brilliant. And the Funhouse match. I mean, all right. So no sane human being on the planet would be able to truly comprehend what happened there. But the fact that they went through all of that, that different cascades with the different eras of John Cena, uh, it was just brilliant. 
wonderful cinematic storytelling. They could have done this with the entire WrestleMania. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to let you get away with this one, Nigel, because I need some answers. So, hey, you believe that in the short time they were given, they could have created something this special with every single match? The Undertaker AJ Styles match, according to sources, took a full day of filming. Just filming. I imagine, how, I imagine, how, be, oh, how long me. did we know? I imagine that being someone, being someone that edits video, not for a living, but I do it quite a bit, that must have taken a full day of editing. Number two, would it have not taken away from the special nature of the two matches that were done that way if you would have done everything that way? It would have taken away from so. it. Two of these no, matches, I don't think so. one per night. So, listen, I love ladder matches, but do I want every match to be a ladder match? Hell to the no. So the idea of no, but we accept a pay-per-view that disables ladders and chairs match. Yeah, but, I mean, not, but even we, then, not we, every match is a, a TLC match. My point is that if you do it for every match, does it not take away from the element of being special because you are doing it with every single match? I think in the case of something like WrestleMania, the fans would accept that as something... Uh, except it is it's kind of broke. Let, let me ask you this. The original Survivor Series, did the Survivor Series five-on-five or four-on-four matches, did, did they diminish in, in how special, how in, incredible the, the teaming up of talents that you never expected to see team together? Did, did that dilute in any way, shape, or form? Because the whole pay-per-view used to be those five-on-five, four-on-four tag matches? No, it didn't. For one pay-per-view, because we have got this worldwide pandemic, this worldwide worldwide calamity going on, and you make it special to excuse the fact that you don't have have an audience when that is, and ask any professional wrestler, that is... 90% 90% of the energy. God bless the, 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 the talent in WWE and the talent in AEW for being able to put on the Raws and the SmackDowns uh, and the Dynamites and all of the other shows, the, the NXT shows. God, God bless them for being able to put the same amount of energy that they have in a full house to empty arenas because that's difficult. That's marks of true professionals, and every single one of those persons is a true professional, but the loss of, of the crowd is a loss of energy, and that energy loss is not something we want at WrestleMania. Now, you were trying to do Well, you know what? Well, we both got strong opinions, but you know who we haven't heard from? Nightmare Jones, I know you're sitting back chopping out the bit with your opinion. What are your thoughts on this? Are you with me or are you with Nigel? Pick I a mean, side. Unfortunately, I, I kind of have to uh, stand with Renee in this one because from what I've been hearing, it took them eight hours just to do the Undertaker match. So if it took Mm. that long just to do one match, I can only imagine how long it would have taken them to do every single match that way. If it would have taken them forever and then then the, the, the editing that would have been in, involved. 
So I, I kind of, unfortunately, I don't, I don't like to agree with the, uh, I don't like to, to disagree with Nigel, but at this point, I kind of got to agree with the night owl. And it's all right that both of you are wrong. I don't have to keep you on my show. <laughs> ah, that means it. It's all right if both of you are wrong. Uh, the other side of that is, is to the to the time factor. If they had decided this as the all right, how are we I going to differentiate? Been having audio issues pretty much all night. Shit's crazy, and it's really about hundred degrees. But I... you were saying, Nigel? Nigel, please continue. I was saying. I was saying, in the uh, in the interest of the the you know the time taken to film and edit, if WWE had made the decision, or at least had this on the back burner when they were first going, okay, we may have to uh, we may have to figure some way of doing WrestleMania without having fans. Now, then then they can get, they could have at that time done the whole. All right, so let's do this all cinematically and let's do this all. Uh, if they had done if they decided something like this. Uh, from that point, they'd have had more than enough time to put together all of the matches in the car. But, Nigel, 18 matches? 18 matches the same way? That's that's a little crazy, bro. That, that's asking a little much, if you ask me. I mean, wasn't that, uh, wasn't that all, uh, just about every single week on uh, Lucha Underground? I mean, granted, not not every single match, but, I mean... That whole cinematic style, that that over the top production, that that quality that you sit there and you just stare at it and you go, "Oh my god, I can't believe this is wrestling." I'll give you that. And that I'll, I'll give I mean, you that, but that was a one that was a one hour show, once a week. Sure, it was a one hour. It was, it was a one hour show yeah. once a, once a week that had never done wrestling prior to. I mean, Robert Rodriguez has absolutely zero experience in professional wrestling, so. If he was able to put that together, combined with every contact that, that Vince McMahon has got for things like WWE films and all of the other experience that John Cena, Adam Copeland, uh, The Miz. I mean, do we really want to go down the list of every WWE superstar that's done film? I mean, it, you know, I, I hear the argument of time, but I feel that the argument of time, not really, not really a valid argument because when you break it down – it's really just doing more of what WWE has been striving towards ever since they took the F out. I mean, they've wanted to be entertainment for how long? This was a perfect opportunity to prove that they deserve to be world wrestling entertainment. And uh, they did, and, Nigel. They put on a show when there is no other sporting event on television. Uh, but see, you said sporting event. I'm talking about entertainment. They they have been wanting. I mean, the, the, the whole argument as to how WWE you know decided that they were going to break the kayfabe and, and tell the world that okay. you know, this is you know, predetermined. They did, and they did. But why did they, why did Vince McMahon do that? Do you remember? Well, for the sell, the sake of selling stock, I would imagine. Uh, it was uh, long before WWE was a stock traded company. Uh, it was okay. uh, for the purposes 
of WWE avoiding taxes on uh, sporting events because it's much more expensive uh, yes. to have a sporting yes, event yes, than it yes. is an entertainment property. A television so, show. But you're right. Exactly. Now, so yeah, he could have you know he could have just further cemented his claim that this is entertainment, not sports. Now he did it for two matches, but if he had done it for the entire show, I mean, come on. I got one last thing for you because we're getting ready to get into break time here. And here oh, it is. You decided, and I think this is something that, that your fans and your followers have been asking for for a long time. I've been very excited. You recently mm. started Story Time with Nigel. And uh, yes, I've been lucky enough to peer in a few times and have enjoyed it tremendously. Why don't you do Thank us a favor and take these next take these 30, 40 seconds. And, Jay Hollywood, we got time for you in the second hour, bro, so dial that number. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners all about story time with night? Because I think this is something that everybody who's got a bunch of free time on their hands should definitely check out ASAP. And, and by the way, shout out to our sponsors, Kincaid at the Oak Park Mall. Once the mall opens up, Kincaid will be back. Make sure you tell them that your boys over at the WrestleTalk podcast sent you. And then also, shout out to Rudy Gonzalez, a TWA, awesome former guest, member of the WrestleTalk family. Thank you for being here, Rudy. Much respect, much love to you. Hope you and your familia are doing A-OK during this COVID-19 pandemic. We love you, Rudy. Thank you for being here. But, Nigel, why don't you drop that info on us, brother? Uh, well, uh, story time at Nigel actually started as a, a, a little bit of a rib from uh... – uh, uh, between Bones Atfield and I, uh, we were talking about uh, uh, different things that we need to be doing, you know, to keep people occupied uh, in the wrestling business. And he was suggesting that folks do things like clinics, uh, you know, workout regimens and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I'm not an athlete per se, so my response to that was fairly sarcastic. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, Nigel could do how to insult your friends and loved ones. Yeah, that'd be a great thing. Everybody be involved in that. And someone made a comment about you should try reading stories. I started laughing about it, and then I thought about it and said, you know, there are some lovely, lovely children's books that I grew up with that uh, most most people, most, especially most Americans, have no idea about. Uh, and that's what prompted me to start reading uh, uh, for uh, about 30 minutes a night, give or take, uh, a, a series of books from an author named uh, Graham Oakley, uh, and the books were uh, uh, The Church Mice, uh, and they talked about uh, a mouse named Arthur and uh, how he had uh, gotten uh, a series of mice in the fictional British town of Waterford to move into the vestry with him and help the parish with uh, you know, uh, little cleanly things, you know, cleaning up, polishing the brasses and such. And the story's all about their adventures. And I, I, I really started doing it more because I realized that doing this uh, can really help, especially young ones, relax in the midst of all of this you know, horrible, uh, horrible COVID-19 and, and all of this terrible business of, of being locked down and quarantined. Uh, and I thought it would be helpful. Uh, and I've gotten some very lovely responses from people in regards to it. Uh, and I've been enjoying it. 
Uh, even took the opportunity to track down some books that I hadn't had as a child. Uh, some of the uh, books that, that by the time the author had written them and, and released them, I had you know, kind of aged out. You know, when you, you get to that age as a young child where you think you're too old for the things you enjoyed as a young child, that age. Uh, and uh, it's been a real wonderful experience and a real blessing. We do it at uh, 8 o'clock every night. Central time. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, ooh, I need to go. I'm running late. All right, guys. Well, Nigel, thank you so much again. That guy, that's Nigel Rabbit. Story time with Nigel. Make sure you give him a like. Make sure you check him out right after the Wrestle Talk podcast. We'll be done here in about an hour, hour and fifteen minutes. Make sure you guys go over there and show him some love. Nigel, thank you so much for joining us, man. We will catch you down the road, brother. Thank you, my friend. Cheers. You guys have a great night. Hey. Grace and peace, brother. Adios. Always a great time when 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 Nigel Rabbit calls you. I think that that one day for the Wrestling Talk podcast, we need to have Rick Maverick calling, Nigel Rabbit calling, Ozzy Gallagher calling, and the Volatile Curtis Wild. How great of a podcast would that be? Joe Lance, you're such a suck up. It, it almost makes my stomach hurt. How much of a kiss ass you are. But you know what? To each his own, and I don't want to be overly judgmental when people have bad taste. It is what it is. Well, guess what, guys? That brings us to the end of the first hour of the Wrestle Talk podcast. We're coming back, hopefully, with Jay Hollywood. Let's see if he'll call in. I would love to hear from Jay Hollywood. He's got a lot of great stuff going on. We're going to be back with the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. Definitely want to hear from some of the members of the FWWC. And then, in about 30 to 35 minutes, NWL, EPPW, I can keep going down the list. I mean, this guy has been all over the country, trained by Big John Green, crazy Eric Shea. CEO is a man that's been in the business for over 10 years now, and he'll be joining us in about 35 minutes. Also, make sure you guys are showing us love over at the Wrestle Talk Podcast YouTube channel. Just just uploaded a new, uh, or getting ready to upload a little bit later tonight, a brand-new hype promo package that was provided to us by the members of the FWWC, done by, by my homie Vinny, uh, member of La Familia, El Diablo. You guys might know him by that name. Make sure you guys check it out later tonight. We're going to upload that to the uh, Wrestle Talk Podcast YouTube channel on the FWWC playlist. That's the Fantasy Wrestling playlist. But we'll be back in 2 minutes and 20 seconds with Hour 2 of episode 292 of the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. We'll catch you guys in a few minutes. <laughs> One thing I've always done is that I've always remained to stay who I am. I am DVD and I represent the SP from time. I am DVD and I represent the SP from time. Roll up, this is something you can definitely smoke to. In my past, 
nobody had nothing to provoke you. A northern cat going down her daisy tubes, rolling downtown with a really crazy crew. One of a kind, running with dimes, living a hell of a life. Mirror move, Mr. Mime, copycats will eventually die. Got a whole composure, I'm not looking for exposure. I'm just trying to move this notion forward. Keep exploring, I know you know this most of these rappers are boring. Got me snoring, checking options, you know I ain't for it. That's why they fear me when I hit the booth and start recording. The looking nervous, looking like the regal couldn't afford it. I'm on a field for my homies who ain't here. Asking God, was there really a reason they had to disappear? Life works in mysterious ways. I'm just happy to be here still doing my thing. I am. And I represent the SP. From Up on the end or rising towards another level Wood pusher, no pedal, skate scum, no Geppetto A healer and a feeler feeling like Hercules, Mercandies, we can see that ain't nothing to me I take personal time to spend my life on these lines Don't give a fuck if you like it or not Where this bond? When I grab the mic and set it rocket to the early moan What we on? Well, it's nothing but that pines, ho You don't even need to worry about another thing Cause opportunities are endless that I'm known to bring A king ran my way, but it's never kissed a ring It's respect and love Man, we made it more than just a dream Doubt me all you want to, but at least you know I'm right Buzzing around the hype, ain't the type of life I'm living like So, catch me Y'all, what up? Night Owl, Nightmare Jones What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all Check me out Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4 Even them haters can't hate us no more So unlock your door, cause we got some more Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw Night out, Nightmare Jones and all the best jets Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest WrestleTalkPodcast.com Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom <laughs> We are back, amigos, for hour number two of the WrestleTalk Podcast with Joe and Renee, we are going to get into the FWWC segment here in just a matter of moments. But allow me to tip my cap to all the members of the FWWC. Because you know what? During this time where there is really nothing going on, the Fantasy Wrestling Group has kept us alive and well during the quarantine. And I am so grateful for our general managers, all of our champions, all of our competitors, for everything that you guys have done to make the group special. Now, I do have Jay Hollywood in the bullpen, and I want to talk to him. But before we get to Jay Hollywood, there's a man who was on a little bit earlier, and I know he wants to come back on and drop his two cents real quick. So let's go ahead and jump to him. Then we'll jump to Hardcore Sis. And if we don't have any other calls for the FWWC, it's all good, because I'm anxious to talk to my boy Jay Hollywood anyway. But for those of you that are wanting to come on and conversate, excuse me, you wanted to come on to conversate, whether it be fantasy wrestling, pro wrestling, or anything in between, the number is 657-383-1521. That said, Tank Westbrook, welcome back to the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee, episode 292. What's up, brother? How you doing, Night Owl? How you doing there, uh, Nightmare Jones? 
and I'm good. Listen, just big favor. It's hot as balls in here. I got a fan going. This light is all in my eye. Goddamn, this Hollywood lights are killing me, bro. This LED is all in my face. So just speak up, brother. Do me that favor, and we're going to be A-OK. A-OK. I can do that. I can speak up. I don't have a problem. All right. Voice What's on your voice. mind, take Westbrook? Man, so as, uh, as of lately, I've noticed Hardcore Sis has been uh, – All right, taking... we're going to have to check the – guys, we're going to have to check the audio on Tank. Tank, I don't know if you heard me, bro. I don't know if your audio is good, but I really, really, really need you to speak up. If you got us on speakerphone, take that shit off. You got us on the headphones, take that shit off. Get us the very best audio because people want to hear what you have to say, but you got to be louder. So I don't know. Go ahead and make that adjustment real quick. And we're going to go ahead and bring you on right now. All right, Tank, can let's try me? this again, man. We just want to make sure we can hear you, brother. What's up? Can you hear me better? Oh, much better. Just speak up. That's good. I can, I can always voice my opinion really loud. I don't have a problem voicing my voice. But I don't know if go you ahead, have been brother. noticing. What do you got for us? Have you been noticing somebody stealing my M&Ms around here? You know, this person uh, who has to put her little oompa-loompa fingers where they don't belong. That's okay. Right. She can she can steal my, my M&Ms. Like I said, she's uh, saving me on my diabetes and my sugar and my blood pressure. That, that's all fine and dandy. <laughs> but here's the thing. She needs got? to keep her mouth. She needs to keep her mouth away from my superstars. Next time she wants to run her mouth, I don't mind getting back into that ring. I can take off my suit and chin. I can set up. Well, speaking of which, and I'm glad you have those thoughts, Tank. We're gonna let you. Uh, we're gonna give you a chance to rebuttal. And here's someone I know I don't have to ask to speak up, ladies and gentlemen. The general manager of the Inferno brand in the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the one and only Hardcore Sis. Hardcore Sis, I know you're ready to fire some shots. So why don't you go ahead and grab the mic? I sure will, Mr. Tank Westbrook, or as I like to call you, Papa Smurf, the GM of the Smurf Village. Uh, as far as you and me stepping in the ring, <laughs> son, I've had you a few times in the ring, and I've beat you quite a few times. So stepping in the ring with you does not scare me at all. And let's also whoa, figure something else. All I can say. Tank, no, wait a minute. It says you can't just move on from that. Tank, hardcore sis says you can say everything you want, but if you guys have gone toe-to-toe in the ring, she says she's got your number. What is your rebuttal? (laughs) She's all talk. Yeah, she might have gotten some victories over me, and I've gotten some victories over her. A victory is nothing but a pin or a win. You know what? It doesn't really matter. You're still talking. I can still knock the mouth out of you. Whoa, whoa. All right. Well, hardcore sis, you heard what Tank had to say. He clearly is not intimidated by you. But this isn't about you guys. This is about your brand. So I'm going to let Tank finish. I'm going to let him go last. But sis, what message do you want to deliver to your brand, to your opponents, or to the FWWC universe? What do you got for us? Okay, Tank. If we were to step in the ring, the score would be just like the brand battle score is this week. Hardcore sis will come out ahead. <laughs> and let me just say to my Inferno brand, notice, fellas, we got the points this week. We're on the top. <laughs> 
and thank you to my Inferno brand because you fellas make me look so good. And I love each and every one of you for it. <laughs> wow, ladies and gentlemen. That is the kind of fire that you can expect from the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. And if you're a real pro wrestling fan and you think you know better than the rest and you can make picks and you have personality and character, and maybe you're thinking about going into the professional wrestling business for real as a manager or or, or even as an in-ring competitor, man, what better place to work on your promos than in the fantasy wrestling worldwide chapter? Tank, please speak up, bro. We're still having some audio issues with you, okay? But we want to let you... Go ahead and close out your piece of this with any responses or thoughts, either towards our courses or anybody else in the FWWC, bro. What do you got? Oh, she she might have won the first week of the brand battle. Yes, that's fine and Danny, but that's okay. If you saw on Universe Mania Six, my brand, the infinite brand, the forever brand, we still have the very top title. We still have the Warriors. Heart Championship. And you know what? My brain has my back. Wow, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Tank basically saying you may have gotten the first lap, but you definitely do not have the last lap. Well, listen, guys. Thank you, Tank. Uh, Thank you, Hardcore Sip. I know you guys are going to hang on the line to hear what some of the other superstars have to say. But you know what? We're going to bring him bring him in for just a quick snippet as we continue through the FWWC segment and get his thoughts of this fire, this heat that's been going on, not only in the FWWC, but in WrestleMania. And I know it's going to be hard for him because he's a long-winded cat, just like me, but we got to bring in the man himself. Interesting, you got any music for Jay Hollywood? I think Jay Hollywood... Oh. Why? Renee, my good buddy, what's going on? I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but, Bro, you know. I, I was introducing Jay Hollywood. First of all, how do you even get intro music? This is my show, and I barely get intro music. How dare you have better intro music than me? Well, because I'm better than you, obviously. And that's all right. And I mean, Jay that? Hollywood is legit. I mean, I'm not hating on Jay Hollywood, but, you know, you you got to bring Hollywood the cream into the crop. That's the understatement of the century. How dare you? I'm sorry, did I press a button? But you push my button. Like you do everything. Oh, come on. Come on, Renee. You know who I'm calling tonight. I'm calling because despite what you're going to bring up. Because you left the chat? Because you left the locker room like a baby? That's why you call the chat? You call to explain yourself? Oh, no, I don't have to explain what I do. I do things for a reason. And I know you're going to revel in the fact that I lost my United States championship yesterday to Madman Joe. Congratulations. Slow clap for him. But that's were, not why we're here. You were US here. champ? I'm sorry. I hardly noticed. Oh, come on, Renee. Don't make, come on. Don't make me have to get on the show and take over. Okay, we all know Stop who does a better job. Night Owl, listen, I'm calling to remind Tank Westbrook the reason why he's in second place and the reason why Heel Deal is in second place. 
because the Inferno brand, the best brand in the FWWC, clearly has the lead and is going to keep the lead. And I don't know about you, Night Owl, and I know you're kind of frustrated because, once again, I'm on the winning team, and that just burns you inside. But take no, West dude, Rip. I'm frustrated because you interrupt my show every goddamn week. That's why I'm frustrated. Then maybe you should do something about it. Oh, what's the matter? I forgot. You can't because you know I'll go tell Mata. You freaking tattletail. Well, anyway, we got more important people to talk to like Jay Hollywood. So why don't you go ahead and spew your propaganda once and for all and leave us all the hell alone. All right. I'll make it quick. All right. Regardless of the fact that I lost my United States championship on Monday, there's somebody else I have an eye on. So be prepared, because I'm about to make a shocking announcement tomorrow. So FWWC, be prepared for some big-time news from the one, the only, one of the greatest ever, Marcus Mayhem. Okay, so he calls in, disrespects me, and doesn't even have the courtesy of dropping the news here. Basically, he, he took up six, eight minutes of our time to say, stay tuned, something awesome is going to happen sometime, somewhere. Typical freaking La Familia. Jeez freaking Louise. Well, you know what? There is at least one individual in La Familia who I happen to have some respect for. He is the number one Canadian. That's right, folks. There's a reason that they call him Mr. Number One. Boom, baby. The man just north of the good old U.S. of A. The one, the only, ladies and gentlemen, the Canadian, the heel, Effing deal. What's up, heel deal? What's on your mind before we throw Jay Hollywood here tonight? Well, Night Owl, heel deal saw the score update. He saw Inferno with the big three. He saw Ryzen and, and Infinite with the two. And you know what? Heel deal ain't sweating it. He hears his brother calling into the show saying, stay tuned, stay tuned. Heel deal, he ain't going to do it like that. Heel deal calls in. It's always about two things. The ratings going up and business, baby. So the Heel Deal has news here tonight. And he says this. Heel Deal says this. The way Rise is going to counter is starting this Friday. See, sis, she drafted individuals, great individuals. I drafted soldiers that are going to act as one. I have an army, and I trust my army. So this Friday begins the Rise Superstars making the matches, putting in their hands utmost confidence. And to this Friday, the Friday Night Rise card is going to be booked by El Diablo. And then it's going to go from there. Because my soldiers are going to lead us to the talk and leave, lead Rise to the promised land, baby. Boom, baby. Boom. Huge cosign coming from the one and only heel deal. Well, heel deal, while we still have you on the line, I'm going to bring on Nightmare Jones for just a quick moment because I think that there's been some unresolved heat, and I want to see if you can provide the answer. I know we've talked about it in the group, but we haven't talked about it here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. So here is the question for you, my friend. Nightmare Jones. Are you still upset that neither Hardcore Sis or the Heel Deal, both fellow members of La 
Archive did not pick you up when it came to the FWWC brand battle year three draft. How do you feel now a couple of weeks into the brand battle, Nightmare Jones? I mean, you know what, Night Out? At first, I was a little bit upset about it. I, 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 I would admit, your boy Nightmare Jones was a little bit upset about it. But you know what? I realized something. What I realized is that that the Infinite brand needed Nightmare Jones. See, Hardcore Sis and Heel Deal, they did Tank a favor by allowing Tank to pick up Nightmare Jones in the brand battle because you can't have all La Familia in one one, one brand. We need the La Familia in every single brand, and that's exactly what they did. See, they allowed Tank to pick up Nightmare Jones just so that La Familia could take over the Infinite brand, the Wise brand, and the Inferno brand. That is why they that is why, and I might I might add, because of the fact that Nightmare Jones got drafted into the uh, Infinite brand, Nightmare Jones found a new home and is now part of the Hefty Boys. <laughs> the Hefty Boy Trio. Well, it doesn't surprise me. He'll deal. I want to get your final thoughts here before we go to Jay Hollywood, and then we're going to move on to CEO. Was this all a part of the pan from the very beginning? Because it, it sounds and smells like La Familia shenanigans from start to finish. Can you confirm or deny? <laughs> Boom, baby! <laughs> Absolutely embarrassing. Wow, you know what? And you know, I love doing the FWWC segment, but every week it seems like we get more La Familia representation and less from everybody else. And that, to me, is a sad, sad state of affairs. I mean, just honestly, it really, really is. Well, all that said, folks, we want to thank you, uh, members of the FWWC, for joining us, all three general managers on the same show. And if you can't get enough of the FWWC, it's okay. It's okay, because this Friday, hosted by the head admin himself, DeWan Mills, the FWWC tonight, Available to you guys absolutely free over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. We start right after SmackDown, and we go about an hour, hour and a half, talking all things Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter. Thank you, everybody, for contributing, and we hope that you guys are tuning in to the FWWC tonight every week, and we're grateful that you guys participate in the FWWC segment every single week right here on the WrestleTalk Podcast. Well, you know what, guys? We've promised it, we've teased it, and we've talked about it. For, for the next 10 or 15 minutes, um, before we get to CEO, we're going to talk to one of the sponsors of the Russell Talk podcast. I'm talking about the lead man in charge over at the Conspiracy Farm. Those guys are killing it, by the way. The ratings continue to go through the roof as the fake news media continues to, uh, to find themselves banished from most people's lives. People are looking for an alternative source of news, an unbiased news source, and there's no question in my mind that the Conspiracy Farm is delivering. Me speaking to you continues to deliver, and I'm anxious for the return of everything combat because once the action gets back into the squared circle, I know those guys will be firing off full cylinder, no question about it. So 
Posey, I think I got the music for this one because I think this guy will appreciate this song. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show for the first time in quite a while. The one, the only, Jay. Que pasa, papá? How we doing? Que pasó, homie? Que pasa, calabaza? Yeah, de nada, we. Hey. Nada, nada, what up? I'm chilling, man. Sipping on a little cold Corona. While not getting Corona. You know, doing what we do. Enjoying the show. The Roni with no Roni. <laughs> you know? You know? All right, so, Jay Hollywood, first question, bro. And, Josie, I know you're back with us, brother. Bro, what the hell were you doing butt-ass naked in the shower the other day? I need answers, bro. Hey, I just looked up and I saw this camera in my face, dude. I'm sitting here trying to shave my head with my new Skull Shaver Pitbull, the silver Pitbull from our new sponsor, SkullShaver.com, front slash farm, baby. So I was just getting that baby's bottom smooth shave. And, you know, just did a little quick commercial in the shower, you know, just let people know you can shave dry, you can shave wet, you can do it how you want it. Those things are the bomb. No doubt, no doubt. And just real quick, intern Timmy, why don't we check on Jay Hollywood's audio? I don't know if he's got us on um, on the headphones or whatever, but I hear some distortion. Jonesy, as we get that sorted out, I know he can still hear you. What questions do you have right off the bat for Jay Hollywood as we wait? We're about 10 minutes away from NWL slash EPPW's very own CEO, a man that's been in the business for well over 10 years. He's got a lot of knowledge to share with the members of the Wrestle Talk podcast, uh, um, especially, um, you know, considering the fact that he's kind of in the epicenter of the pro wrestling world over on the East Coast on the Eastern Panhandle. We're going to get CEO here in just a minute. But, Jonesy, what questions do you have uh, for Jay Hollywood tonight? Oh, man, I, I guess that 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 first question would, would be, what did he think about uh, a WrestleMania? And did he think that they pulled it off with what they they had and it couldn't have been better? And if so, what could have made it better? Take a three-part Jay question. Hollywood, what do you got? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, loud and clear, baby. I love it. Good job, intern Timmy. What do you got? Yeah, it was interesting, man. I was I was worried how it was going to play out without a crowd because we know part of what, you know, the wrestlers do is feed off the audience. But they put on a hell of a show despite the fact that there was no audience, man. The Charlotte Flair match, the AJ Styles-Undertaker match. I mean, like, like, like all of us, man, we're having to adapt. And I think they did a very good job adapting in, some very unfavorable situ- in a very unfavorable situation. I think that's a great answer, but Jay Hollywood, I'm going to have you expand upon that. I think they did 
very, very well in a very difficult situation. But I'm going to ask you the same thing that I asked the rest of the WrestleTalk family. Fantasy booking-wise, what did you not like, and what would you have done differently? Man, I mean, as, as honest, man, to keep it as 100 as I can, I haven't been as faithful to the brand as I normally am. Obviously, leading up to WrestleMania and, and being WrestleMania, you got to peep it out. You know what I mean? It is WrestleMania. But I've just, man, right. I mean, not not to escape the question, but I've been so, so hammered and so busy with everything combat, man. It's just been terrible. Uh, the conspiracy farm is just taking up so, so much time. But honestly, man, it was a good relief to watch Mania. It was good to see Taker back in there. Like, again, I'm, I'm out of the loop, man. I'm asking some of my boys, man, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Some of these cats I don't even know anymore, man. But, you know, you're tried and true players. You know, Charlotte, AJ, Daniel Bryan. You know, they put on put on a hell of a show, man. I bet, you know, some of them, like, uh, what's uh, Drew Cor- – no, who's the uh, who's the king guy? Baron Corbett? Yeah, I love Baron Corbett. Everybody else hates him. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I just, he's doing his thing, yeah. that's for sure. Well, it is, yeah, all of them are doing their thing, and it's cool, man. Like, it, it, it's, the brand isn't quite, and I sound like an old guy saying this, it's not quite the same as it used to be, but they're still killing it, man. The WWE is and always be, will always be the premier band of, brand in professional wrestling until something else comes along. No no doubt about it. Well, Jay Hollywood, here, here's uh, my, my follow-up question to you. Uh, and yeah. We're just about six or eight minutes away from hearing from uh, the CEO. So, where do we go from here, Jay Hollywood? I know that even though you don't watch every show, you keep up on maybe the potential happenings of professional wrestling, uh, particularly in your area. What do you think the timeline is before things start getting somewhat back to normal? And I know this, this a lot of people are quoting the phrase new normal. But when can we expect, from your perspective, a guy who covers uh, government conspiracy better than anybody on the planet, in my opinion, when do you suspect that we can get to a point where fans are going to be allowed back into stadiums, arenas, BFWs, gym, high school gymnasiums to enjoy the sport that they know and love, and that's professional wrestling. Man, can you give us a little bit of hope, Jay Hollywood? Yeah, no, absolutely. Obviously, each state is going through this differently. So, you know, a, a given state's ability to get back to quote-unquote normal is going to be different in Missouri than it is in New York or Washington or some of these places that are harder hit. I'm telling you, man, they're canceling. You know, they've canceled the Democratic National Convention. They've canceled all, a lot of sports, you know, in, in the summer. Um, I, think it's going to, I think it's going to be, unfortunately, man, I think it's going to be a hot minute. They, you know, they canceled the Olympics, the Summer Olympics. And they keep drawing this out. So I do believe it is going to be a hot minute when you listen to cats like, uh, um, I forget the little short guy, Trump's, Trump's disease guy, but he's essentially saying unless, until we get to the point where there's no deaths and no new cases, we can't get back to normal. And you got Bill Gates on the uh, CBS morning show the other day saying, unless we mass vaccinate across the country, we can't get back to normal and can't get back to public gatherings. So, I wish I had a great answer, man. I wish it was tomorrow, man. I'm, I'm looking to have for this to end and get back to normal as well. But unfortunately, oh my gosh. And, and, Jay Hollywood, at the risk of taking this show completely off the rails, here's what I want to ask you. Because listen, bro, we we need to do a podcast together where we don't talk wrestling. Where we talk about everything else because you're a very right. yeah. guy. Yeah, absolutely. But here's my question to you. I know you're always very skeptical and you hardly ever take things at face value. 
So here's my question to you. In Jay Hollywood's mind, what is the end game here? Because no one's disputing the legitimacy of COVID-19, but people are taking advantage of the situation, which is depriving us wrestling fans of enjoying what we love to enjoy. So from a conspiracy theorist standpoint, what is the end game here? Or do we all need to be mass vaccinated? Is there going to no, be an no, option no. Of, of deferring? Can we defer that sort of thing? And again, you would like to think. I'm asking you to, to kind of to kind of go out on a limb here and potentially give. Okay, let, let's let's focus on the the primary source of Wrestle Talk podcast fandom, which is Kansas, Missouri, and the Eastern Panhandle. Those are our three hotbeds for Wrestle Talk podcast supporters. So, from yeah. your perspective, if you had to put a date on it. How soon will the people in those areas, okay, and I know Eastern Panhandle includes New York. Let's exclude New York. Let's exclude New Jersey. How soon can fans expect to be able to return to their local independent pro wrestling promotion? The SICWs of the world, the ECWs of the world, and the uh, KCXWs of the world. I I think, like I said, I think those those will be back sooner than later. Uh, It's just, you know, hopeful thinking, wishful thinking, but I think just because even though we are dealing with it here quite a bit, it's not quite the same as other cities. And what you said a minute ago, people there's people aren't doubting the, the, the legitimacy of COVID-19. They are. A lot of people very much so are, and I'm not going to get into it necessarily because that's not this kind of show, but there's a, there's a lot of fuckery afoot as far as COVID-19. I'm not saying it's not real. Of course it's real, but uh, there's, there's, just, there's just a lot more to it. And as far as in-game, Oh man, where do you want to start? I mean, I think long term, I think I suggest everybody look up Agenda 21. That's a good place to start because they're it's we're looking at a social, a political, and economic reset. The new normal will be something that's nothing compared to what we're used to. Look at 9/11. Look at we all talk about man. Remember life before 9/11? That's how we're going to be proceeding, man. Remember life before Corona because it won't necessarily go back to where it was, but you know. It will be a little bit different, but they're utilizing, like you said, they're utilizing this, and COVID-19 is being used as cover for a much larger, uh, for lack of a better term, reset, takeover. I mean, you see all the civil liberties we gave up after 9-11. That's going to be nothing compared to what, you know, yeah, without getting too deep into it, the number of people are dying, but it's not like Spanish flu or H1N1, and they're telling us we can't go make a living. They're telling us we can't go make a living because of this. Well, Jay Hollywood, here's what I want to ask you, and this will be my final question because CEO is in the bullpen yes. ready to come on and, and, and drop game after being in the business for a little bit over 10 years. He's definitely learned a lot, and I know you're going to be excited to hear from him as well. Hell yeah. So let, let's, let, let's throw this back into the pro wrestling arena, okay? And here's how I'm going to phrase this question. <laughs> is, there, is there a baby face and a heel in this pandemic? Is there a white hat and is there a dragon? Is there a clearly defined good guy and bad guy with what we're dealing with in the circumstances that we're dealing with currently, at least here in the States? What are your thoughts? Not a clearly designated good, good white hat or bad hat. It's, it's kind of like how cops do when they're trying to interrogate somebody. They do the good cop, bad cop. You know, they're pretending to do the big, good cop, bad cop to low the suspect into a sense of kind of complacency and let their guard down. That's to use a professional wrestling term, brother, and whoever's listening, this 
is a major work. That's not to say people aren't dying and people aren't being affected by this, but if you think all of this is just about COVID-19, you are missing a very much so larger picture. And I get it. Not everybody stews on the same stuff I do. A lot of when you see historical patterns, a lot of this stuff doesn't seem, you, you can't, when you kind of understand the patterns of history, you, you put these puzzle pieces together as opposed to seeing these as separate instances. Again, go back to Agenda 21 and see what that is. Look up the smart grid. Look up the Internet of Things. They're going to get rid of cash. I mean, there's a lot going on that's creating this reset. And again, in game, look at China. China is the beta test of where we're going. The removal of cash, social credit, uh, a technocracy, an Internet which tracks everything you do. We're already almost there. But something like this is going to create the environment where they bring in all kinds of stuff that, you know, we won't even, we won't even recognize the world we, want, we came from. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Jay Hollywood, before we let you go, man, thank you for being here. Uh, as we transition into our second feature interview the evening with CEO, just real quick, I know your podcast with the USC uh, Hall of Famer Pat Milicic is absolutely on fire. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you guys have going on and how people can follow you on social media? Man, we are just slaying it right now. Last week, as we are working from home, grinding out and pumping out content, we were actually By the way, didn't y'all just talk to Survivor Man? Didn't you guys we just did. talk Let's... to Survivor Man? Yeah, that's the third time he's been on, man. He's great. He's a great guy. That's but, sick. yeah, we, we've just been grinding it, dude, and to the point where we are now – well, the, the rankings are very fluid, but in the news category, our show is up in the upper 100s on iTunes, beating Wolf Blitzer, Laura Ingram, you know, established radio and TV personalities, and we're just doing this from our offices, dude. You know what I mean? This, it's the message that's getting out there, not so much – the fact that we're not in a cool studio with resonating with people is the information that we're imparting. So the conspiracy farm.com, you can check us out. You know, obviously we can't stop one stop at this point. we got more, more stuff popping off and uh, yeah, dude, anytime you want to link up, do a show and talk about something other than wrestling or even wrestling, you know, I'd love to have you or you and nightmare. No doubt. That would be super dope. And any thoughts to the, uh, the pro wrestling community out there, any words of encouragement before you go, Jay Hollywood? Man, I know we're all missing it, dude. We're all, like you were saying, man, we all wish we could get back to doing what we love and going to see wrestling and all of that. You know, it's, it's very, very heady times, dude. So if you can, just, you know, keep the faith, stay focused, stay healthy. This too shall end because it cannot rain all the time, ladies and gentlemen. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Jay Hollywood. Look him up. His name is Jeffrey Wilson on social media. Uh, or just go to the uh, theconspiracyfarm.com for more information on Pat Milicic and the one and only Jay Hollywood, which if I'm not mistaken, Joe, I think we bestowed that nickname on Jay Hollywood. So I'm guessing we're entitled to about 10 or 15% of any gross income. But anyway, we'll discuss that off the air. <laughs> Say goodnight to Jay Hollywood, Jonesy. Peace, Jay Hollywood. Thanks for calling in, man. Absolutely love it. Well, Joe, you know what? There's no time to waste, and we are a little bit late for CEO, but you guys know we'll go about 15 minutes over anyway, so you're going to get at least 30 minutes of CEO, and I don't think anybody is better equipped to do a proper introduction than the man who created the WrestleTalk podcast, the one and only Nightmare Jones. Jonesy, why don't you introduce our next guest? Oh, my goodness. It would be my absolute honor. So, ladies and gentlemen, this next guest will be the Bingo one. I've known this this gentleman for many, many years, whether I was watching him at Kobe Pro or refereeing his matches 
in ECTW or going to WDWA and watching him him wrestle or seeing him wrestle in the NWL, ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to bring to you the man, the myth, the legend, CEO. Well, when I was there, I mean, I started out, and a lot of folks 
know that story, of course, I was training over with Tonka. I was working with different guys, and I actually suffered an awful uh, injury very early on in uh, career, probably about just six months into training, and got uh, took the most basic kind of move you can imagine, just taking that regular clothesline and then having it as many innocent as that, uh, kind of supernating my back in from that, and it actually ripped off uh, part of my ab wall straight off the bone. Snapped like a rubber band. And I felt that white heat, and it's just as gnarly and horrible as it sounds. Uh, I felt that white heat there. I knew something was really wrong. Um, it took, oh, probably a good six months just to be able to sit up and uh, to get up. I mean, literally every night I would go to sleep backwards in my bed so I didn't have the end table. I would out, fall out of bed because I couldn't actually sit up enough to pick myself up. It was that bad of an injury. So as bad as that was, the blessing, I guess, was to it that it made me learn other parts of the business, like you do yourself, like the joys of, of managing, the joys of refereeing, the chance to kind of work behind you know, kind of the scenes that way and not being a wrestler to begin with the career because of that injury. Uh, so that's sort of how that began, but I just never, you know, most folks, you know, said you should quit, you should give that up. Obviously, you can't do that. Um, but I just, I couldn't. You know, once you get the bug and people there in the business, once you've got it in here, it's just part of your life. It's part of who you are. And you can't imagine your life without wrestling, which is why right now in particular, it's so hard for so many guys, uh, the fans, the workers, because this is what we do. Um, this really is what motivates us and gets us up all walks of life. When you get in that ring, you're all brothers and sisters in the same, and it's it's been brutal not being able to have that outlet, that ability to perform. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. I I have missed going to the wrestling shows. I've missed being a referee. It, it, it's absolutely uh, uh, it, it, it's absolutely killing me. I, I guess that my last question before I throw it back to Renee, because I know he has a, a bunch of questions of with you working sure. in uh, Kobe Pro, you also got the opportunity to share a locker room with somebody that a lot of people know now on 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 a big time basis, and that is one Nyla Rose. Can you tell us about your experiences with Nyla Rose? Oh, with Nyla. Um, well, I, I did have a privilege to work with her. Obviously, still know her that way. She's she's great. She's real. She's down to earth. She's uh, she's worked impeccably, uh, diligently throughout all the, the feds. She went over to Japan in that transition and then over the course of AEW. Uh, you know, she certainly works hard out and deserves it that way. I know she gets a lot of flack uh, just, you know, based on the transgendered issues. They give her a lot of grief for that. Uh, but she's she's a worker, and, and they really, she doesn't deserve that. Uh, she is an impeccable worker. She's obviously a chance to work in the ring with her. Um, you know, I know I had a story where I had to work through a show with her, and it was uh, probably about six, seven years ago. And it was a, a kind of a rumble gauntlet ladder match that way. Uh, but then the situation from it, you know, I, it's, I didn't feel really comfortable going and trying to take shortcuts for her because to me, uh, you know, with the crowd and everything at that uh, in front of the workout's face, to me, she's a lady. So I wasn't going to disrespect her and treat her in that kind of fashion. And I know she's kind of crossed me, I think, by not you know, trying to beat her up, trying to pummel her. But I think she understood, too, is like, you know, 
uh, you know, being a being a dad and having kids, you know, you know my kids watching the show and from that, I just and it's probably my thing. I know a lot of people like the intergender matches. I know that's a big thing now. Uh, it, it's not something I'm a big fan of just myself. For anybody else, that's fine if that's their gimmick. And I get the arguments about, you know, how that empowers uh, the female wrestlers that way in the competition and kind of what that is and the angles for that, which I appreciate. But just for me personally, you know, I, I just don't believe in, in having a man put hands on a lady that way. And I just don't feel that's what I would want to do. And there have been some matches uh, that folks know from listening to some, you know, companies I've worked where they have me booked in matches that were uh, intergender style matches. I just I just don't do them um, in for it that way. I guess it's my preference. It's kind of old-fashioned. I, I'm a pretty liberal guy, actually, in most respects. But just for that, I mean. Uh, so there's that story. And from it, of course, the finish of that, when I didn't do that and hesitated to pummel said Nyla, she did not hesitate to toss me off the ladder uh, onto the concrete floor, which I probably deserve for that. Uh, so <laughs> 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 it that way. Uh, so, uh, ouch, if you say that. But, uh, but no, she's great, and uh, she definitely deserves it. And she, she really does. She's worked it. She earned it. I agree 100%. All right, bro, Renee, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have, sir? Well, I will. And, Theo, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, was tremendously excited to know that you were coming on the show uh, because I think – you, you have this um, this affinity, this passion for professional wrestling that everybody that's a member of the WrestleTalk family has in common. And I, I'm sitting here uh, and seeing uh, the legendary Herb Simmons, uh, who is going to be honored at the Cauliflower Alley Club this year. Another event uh, that succumbed to the COVID-19 pandemic, absolutely unfortunate. Um, and then I think about Covey Pro. And... The history of the WrestleTalk podcast and Covey Pro, in my opinion, are absolutely tied at the hip. Because before yours truly joined the show and basically took over, um, there used to be a former host, and his name was Rick. And one of the greatest things that he was able to accomplish, and this really had more to do with Joe than him, but together they developed this connection with Covey Pro. And we were around not only during the, uh, I, I, I'd say the height of Covey Pro, but also at the very, very end. So let me start there with you. Why has Covey Pro, that name continues to come up, even though they haven't had a show for quite some time. So when you talk about promotions that make an impact, like Metro Pro Wrestling here in Kansas City, SICW over in Southern Illinois, or even... Dynamo Pro Wrestling in the great state of Missouri, what made Covey Pro resonate with the fans the way that it did to where today people are still talking about it? Well, I, first of all, thank you, of course, so much. And I agree with you that it is hand-in-hand with Covey Pro and this podcast, but really uh, planning and hard work and kind of the basic things that people take for granted has a lot to do with that kind of success. Uh, it's It has... Uh, the roots is built on a foundation of, of that kind of ethic, you know, that kind of work and diligence and the expectation was that, you know, obviously any situation came up, they're next man up and from that. But it had that sort of tradition, of course, with the wrestling school there where, where I trained and the people that they would have that would come in. It was always the kind of the cream of the crop, the best indie people that you can imagine, and the people that would come in and out of those doors now, 
Uh, they're working AEW. They're working OBW. They've worked WWE. They've worked all these feds, the major feds, and it looks at a place that was legitimate, and they had a good business model. You know, it made sense, and they were one of the few products that was on TV. They had a TV program, kind of an unheard of thing for a very small you know, area, small demographic, to have television coverage on a, a weekly basis, uh, to have, you know, have all the business aspects, you know, having market share, having name recognition, the ability to have, obviously, social media. Uh, they had, you know, some great people in the back, uh, a couple in particular. I know uh, my friend Juan, Antonio Acevedo, uh, if he's there, uh, you know, he certainly was working hard in the back. I mean, he has great experience in television work, so they had really – uh, not it wasn't all substandard. It was polished, professional camera work, editing, sound, kind of the stuff that you just don't see uh, in the small promotions that people take notice of. They were on things like Roku before Roku was a thing. Uh, they were getting to that, the pre-Netflix regeneration. Um, so when they have that kind of good structure, and just the people that were there uh, is just committed to being there, wanted to be there. It was a very old-school kind of place. And the training you had there, was really the old school Southern style wrestling. Not that you didn't learn how to do, you know, everything, of course, but the focus really is on, and has always been on that particular promotion. The idea that this is exactly uh, up to the fight. This is what it is. Uh, there's, you know, some of the stuff you see uh, today. I think there's a lot of that. I think that's why AEW has become so popular. Frankly, is because they bring that style of wrestling. Uh, it has it has more believability. Uh, there's some because it is real things that are going on. It's not people that aren't faking it. Uh, you know, people say you know uh, that saying like you know, wrestling is real, people are fake. It's a very true kind of state. Uh, anybody who says wrestling ah, is like fake has never been in a ring. Uh, they've never been in one. Uh, you know, it's amazed me and say, oh, it's a trampoline. No, trust me, it's a rusty wood, a rusty metal cage. Not a trampoline. <laughs> It's not a trampoline. Uh, on you know, on plywood. And the amazing thing I was always told, the padding, which is like maybe a half an inch, if even, is not for us. It's for the wood to protect the wood from our blood and sweat. But if you think I'm kidding, I'm not. You guys know I'm not kidding. That's exactly what that padding is for. Because wood's expensive. You know, you know, West wrestlers are cheap. You know, that's kind of how that goes. But um, you know, that's I think a lot of the reason why Kevin Pro worked that way and has sort of a familial thing. I mean, you're in there. We take these things seriously, you know. Brothers and sisters is a serious thing. It's not just some made-up notion. It really meant something, you know, to all of us working it. We cared about the product. We still do, and it still resonates because of that. And they left before the kind of the wheels fell off. So I'll leave it in with that. Because a lot of promotions, you know, WCW in its waning days, the wheels fell off. And Covey left on the high note. I think it was the biggest show they'd ever had. All or nothing, 10, they had what? They drew, like, legitimately 600 people, 700 people. Uh, not, mm-hmm. not like chairs, not fake fans, real fans. Packed, you know. Uh, more fans than you see at a WWE house show. That's how it was. So it was an honor to be there and a great starting experience in my career. Wow. Well, well, thank you for that wonderful insight. And I will say before we move on, uh, we're very, very happy to hear that our friend, a uh, member of the WrestleTalk family, Dashing Donnie Diablo, uh, is making a recovery. Uh, Jonesy, I, I think you can confirm. His, yeah, he was doing pretty pretty rough there for a little while. And for those of you who are like, what the hell are they talking about? What the hell is Cubby Pro? Guys, do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube and just type in Cubby Pro. That's C-O-B-E-Y. 
And this is a promotion that just absolutely dominated the Eastern Panhandle for the last 10 years or so. Uh, they closed their doors a little bit over a year, almost two years ago now. And there's a reason we're still talking about them. Guys like CEO Dashing Donnie Diablo, uh, Crazy Eric Shea made that promotion as successful as it became before they closed their doors. And I know there's a lot of people that listen to the show that are in the professional wrestling business on a, let's just say, on an independent level. So if you're looking to be successful, this is a promotion, and these are some of the guys that you can learn from. So I just wanted to say that. Uh, Matt, thank you for being here. Uh, Paul, thank you for being here. Bud, Susie, thank you for being here. And by the way, I believe we're going to have some callers on the line for you, CEO. So be ready to answer some questions. And much love to Perry, who recognized the song, the Eddie Money song that we played, going into this interview. So shout out to Perry Hartman of Painter's Dream Productions. We love you, brother. Thank you for taking care of the website. And uh, thank you for always blessing and praying for, for us, man. We love you very, very much. Here's my second question for you, CEO. And when this is more for the members of the WrestleTalk family, um, sure. I know people love name dropping. And a little bit earlier, you talked about Nyla Rose. I know over the last 10 years or so that you've been in the business, you've had the opportunity to share the locker room with some of the who's who of the professional wrestling business. Before we get to a couple of our callers here, I wanted to ask you, who else have you had the opportunity to either work with or share a locker room with or share a car with over the last 10 years that you've been in the professional wrestling business, man? Please do tell because the members of the Wrestling WrestleTalk <laughs> family love it when the guests name uh, drop. What can you give us, CEO? Oh, well, so many different folks are coming in and out. I mean, obviously folks like Scott Hall. Uh, you know, Kevin Nash. Scott Hall? Uh, yeah, of course. Now, Scott Hall, yeah. And of course, him with his son, of course, who was out there, who was actually performing. Uh, it's just, he's like a, a clone of his dad. It's amazing. Um, okay. Yeah, chance, of course, with uh, uh, Tonka, obviously, and for that, too. Mickey Jane, having her uh, be available, and for that, and some of the bigger names that, that come to mind that way. Uh, just all sorts of folks in terms of, oh, gosh, I am chic. Peter Koloff, uh, there's so many different people. Whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out. Whoa, well, wait a second there. And intern Timmy, uh, let's let's work on CEO's audio because I don't want anybody to uh, to miss everything that he's saying. So if he's on speakerphone, let's get him off that or whatever. But what, what I did hear, and I'm very, very taken aback by this, I don't know why this intel was not passed on to me before the show, but my man said that he's worked with the legendary – Iron Sheik, and if we don't get an Iron Sheik story, well, let me just basically make it simple. Fucking bullshit! (laughs) (laughs) CEO, you shared the locker room with the Iron Sheik and a bunch of other legends, man. Can you give us one badass story about sharing the locker room or working with a legend? Oh, well, I don't want to get anyone in trouble because uh, some of these things are still illegal. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so um, but I, I'd say so I'll, I'll protect the innocent that way um, out of the other kick. But uh, I guess a, a, a bad story for that. I get uh, at least a, a, a couple good stories from it. Um, one, gosh, there was a story where we were all, uh, basically this is out in, Philippi, West Virginia, sort of out in Barber County. I may have been that Philippi 
Uh, it is it is truly the heart of West Virginia. And being out in that area, I think we have to bring it out of limousine and just making our way. And you can imagine, like, what the heck is this? You know, I don't know if they had a limousine. I don't know where they got it from. Uh, so there we are, you know, kind of strolling, doing a thing, looking just like, you know, the four horsemen kind of making our way out. But there was actually an event where uh, it was kind of a, a sad thing that turned good. It was uh, she was kind of the spirit there. And the Kelly Pro event actually with great Mickey James, and she's awesome. And she, again, is uh, as real of a person as you'll ever meet. And not everybody is. I mean, some of them, they you know, just caricatures and kind of aloof and kind of, you know, don't want to, you know, rub, you know, shoulders with you. I mean, I was in the locker room with uh, Coco Beware, and he is a great guy. I mean, he'll, he does all those kind of things. You know, Brutal Bob Evans, great guy. I mean, there are people that, you know, are there for you. They don't put themselves above anything. They're there to kind of pass on knowledge to the next generation. But, Mickey's that way too, and there's a scene where actually was there, and somebody we found out later on actually went back in the locker room trying to get stuff and actually stole her purse, believe it or not, stole her stuff, and we were sitting in the back, she's going to leave the show. She's like, um, I can't leave because I don't have a way to get home. So literally, everybody stopped at the gate, and like everybody, the whole thing, show stopped, the whole show stopped, middle of the match stopped. I said, nope, we're going to do this right now. If it goes through, go through, find out who it was, get it back, and do all that. Uh, just, you know, crazy kind of thing, and she get back, you know, on her way that way. But uh, with, with the Sheik, though, there's no story that doesn't begin or end with uh, quality vegetation. So I'll leave it at for it. But, um, you know, it's amazing there's anything left in Colorado, given everything with the Sheik. But uh, I'll leave it out for that. <laughs> but great, great experience, great people. Well, I'll tell you what, Joe, that that that's freaking awesome. And I'm a huge fan of, of Iron Sheik and Mickey James as well, and I appreciate you sharing that with a CEO. I know that there's, like, kind of a code uh, amongst the talent that you're, you're only supposed to share certain things. Uh, and, and I think you did a great job of respecting that code while also appeasing the members of the WrestleTalk family. Uh, that said, we've got a couple of callers on the line that either love you or hate you. At this point, it's a flip of a coin. So the first thing that we're going to do is because we are gentlemen here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, we're going to bring on the lady on hold, uh, our home girl, uh, one of the baddest women in fantasy wrestling today, Hardcore Sis, also known as Susan Licky, is going to be joining us, and she's got a couple of comments and maybe even a question for CEO. The question is, boss man, are you ready to take a couple of calls? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, Susie, you are live on the Wrestle Talk Podcast, episode 292, featuring CEO. What are your thoughts or questions tonight? I, I just want to first say, hi, CEO. How you doing, babe? Hey, Susie, how are you doing? Great to hear from you. I am doing awesome, awesome, awesome. And I was so excited to hear you were coming on tonight. You know, hey, when all of this stuff is over, I just want to know, obviously, we're hopefully going to see you back in the ring, right? Absolutely. There's no question and, for that. I, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I want to know when you're going to smack Joe around for costing you the EPPW title. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, there is, there is that, right? You had to go there, didn't you? Oh, oh man. But, well, first of all, I would definitely uh, be back here. Folks that don't know, I actually had – uh, suffered an injury in July, and doing what wrestlers do, which is usually not the best idea to do, 
I uh, just wrestled with the injury, kept working shows, kept doing things, and worked a double in October, back-to-back uh, main events, Friday, Saturday, really starting to get stride and uh, tore uh, my labor, my right shoulder and bicep, just tore it out, by the way. Um, but uh, that put me out for about uh, no surgery, at least, thank God. Um, so for my buddy Inferno, I know who had surgery, I'm praying for you, brother. I know how horrible this injury is, so I hope you're A-OK um, up at SSW. Now, as far as uh, the fourth, though, and I got the medical clearance in February, and then this happened. So uh, I was supposed to be wrestling last month, and nobody is, so, <laughs> so I'm not either. Um, but uh, I'll definitely be in there in the ring, and certainly uh, have a lot you know, more to put out there that way. Uh, you know, if my favorite wrestler of the nature of can be wrestling WrestleMania in his 60s against Shawn Michael. God, I hope I can make it through uh, 50s till my kids are old enough to beat me up. So, you can, you, know, you can, you can do it. Well, <laughs> I, I believe, just want you to know that. Yeah, I cannot wait to see you back in the ring, and I, I will be sitting ringside. I promise you. So, I'm looking forward to your comeback. I really am. And uh, you're not just going to be there when you're 60. You're going to, ICE know you're going to be there. <laughs> well, you may say, you know, nothing is over until it's CE over. That's what I hear, right? So uh, new merch That's and everything it. will be coming out. So, you know, then we'll make sure you get yours uh, first thing, Susan. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. And and I just want you to, to admit for me, because I know my brother's listening. Can you please tell him that you like me more than him? CEO <laughs> <laughs> loves everybody equally. i tell you, I tell you what. Um, the CEO, was, as you know, was a bad guy for so many years, um, and uh, slash shortcuts that way. Although uh, I learned as a bad guy a couple of things. One is, you know, the real mantra of the bad guy, which is you don't cheat because you have to. You cheat because you want to. That's the primary <laughs> thing. For anybody listening out there who's a heel and wants to be a great heel, keep that in mind. Uh, actually, got that from uh, the wonderful Joshua Lovejoy, so thank you for that. Um, so I won't take credit for that. came from him. Besides that, though, uh, you know, really what's about now, it's about being great and making other people great around you. And that's really what it should be about. Uh, everybody achieving the best they can, being the strongest link in the chain possible uh, and trying to raise other people up with you. You know, not, you can't get anywhere, be bigger by making somebody else smaller, you know, kind of basic human decency kind of things that we need to, to attribute to and get back to. And hopefully for this kind of world reset the way it is described, I know Jay Collier talked about that earlier, and that's probably true to an extent. So, you know, we got to do our part and make it work. And, uh, you know, so I, I definitely love you and your brother that way. And I can't wait to get back in the ring. And I've got a list of people that need, uh, that need a little, uh, little reckoning, a little, little, little action going to happen that way. So, uh, stay tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. That's great. And you know what? You just answered my last question, which was any advice that you would give to any of the up and comers in the business, but you just answered that. So, yeah, you know, it's awesome to hear. Well, I say ears open, mouth shut. It's always a good answer for the new people coming in. Um, <laughs> it comes up, uh, you know, it, it's just uh, you know basic things about just doing what you need to do to make the little things work, uh, you know, and and just understand that that's your character, whatever it is, you know, that's you and your gimmick. And I think the biggest issue you see is there's so many generic wrestlers today. Um, and when growing up as a kid, you had like people like the Iron Sheik. You know, Flair, Hogan, Undertaker, Stone Cold Rock. You knew these these guys. You know, you knew them. They weren't just some generic sort of guy, you know. And it's so much of a shift to the, you know, big, you know, big, strong muscle. It's great. 
but what's your character? What do you have? And I think, you know, the best characters, the best gimmicks, the people who are the most successful are people that take themselves and take that, that personality and put that to their character so it's real. It's just like anything else, like acting. I did a lot of acting when I was uh, younger. I, you know, so the biggest part of that is you take that and say, where does this person live? What's, what's his favorite food? You know, when was his first love? You know, what, if you either know that person, know these answers that people ask you, you know, because so, it's your life. You lived it. You know, it's got to be real and lived in. And fans know that, too, if it's legit or not. Because if it's a fake, they can spot it a mile away. And who wants to watch a fake? You know, nobody. Well, awesome. You, you are awesome. And I'm going to back out now and let somebody else have a shot. But love you, and I can't wait to see you back in the ring. Awesome, Susie. Good to hear from you. I'll see you guys soon. You won, you. Anyway, so, ladies and Okay, hold on a second. Alright, so what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to bring in the next caller that wanted to uh, call in and uh, and have a couple words to uh, uh, for uh, CEO, and that is our very own Christopher Miller, who is also... If I'm not mistaken, he is a security guard for ECPW. Take it away, Chris. CEO, how are you doing, my brother? Hey, brother, how are you doing? How's the little Titan doing? Doing good, actually. Uh, just got done involving the feeding. I did miss a little bit uh, of your uh, your interview, but um, luckily I can go back and listen to the podcast. So um, I'm sorry I didn't get to hear it, all of it at one time. So I do want to give my apologies. It's all worth it. No problem, man. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's 2,000 the first hour, 3,000 every additional hour. No worries. You guys covered. <laughs> all right. Hey, um, I do have one quick question for you, though. Um, and you might have said it, and I might have, during the time I was feeding my, my infant, um, in what match, what is your dream match? And, it, and what, not only what kind of match is it, uh, who would your opponent be? To have a, a dream against anybody, past and present, or somebody today? Anybody. Any well, gosh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, Ric Flair is the the have all end all be all. I mean, for God's sake, I had a rope that was when I first started working, I had a rope failures of the whole not, you know, nine yards. But I actually caught on fire on the backstage of the hoe at a show in Covey Pro. That's a good story. Uh, so, you know, I was literally on fire that night. No joke. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, of course, with Sam, I mean, I mean, some of the people, you know, some guys, local guys to have, um, you know, there's a good friend of mine. Uh, of course, there's Big John Green, John Boy Justice, and I can wrestle those guys right now, uh, you know, just in the parking lot. I mean, we could do something right now. Um I, of course, agree with my favorite matches was uh, when I won the WWA Heavyweight title. You know, at their first Berkeley Mania event there locally when WWA took over, in essence, in that area for Cubby Pro. I guess Cubby Clay, I mean, you know, Jake Bedwin, you know, he's a big boy, he's a great guy. Uh, we beat the tar out of each other. I think I think I still have thumbtacks in my head from that match. I'm thinking I do. Um, just, you know, awesome kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm at all that stuff. You know, the next match, though, is always I'm looking forward to the next opportunity. And there's so many great guys, so many great workers. Uh, just you know, having those matches with them. I mean, you've got, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Kagoa, MCW, you got Shane Mouse, you've got, 
you know, all the guys up at Outbreak Wrestling. Uh, you got you know Matt Foster out there in Pittsburgh and Keystone Wrestling. There's so many great guys, um, you know. But, you know, we can make a list, and I'll be happy to check them off. So uh, if anybody wants some, they know where I am. happy to come give them some as soon as I can. Well, that's good to hear. Um, I will that, – that was mainly my only question I had for you. Um, I do have one statement, though, is like uh, Joe said, I am the security guard at EPBW. If you need more more security guards just besides at EPBW, you can always give me a shout. I'll be willing to work for you. Oh, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you, man. Take care of everybody yep. in the family, all right? I will. You do. You have a good one yourself. You all too, right. Woo, that was Tank. Are you back with this, Monet? Certainly, out with with Preston, we've all missed. Uh, you know, WrestleMania that decision to have it's it's you know I see both sides of it. There really is. On the one hand, I mean it's great that they they tried to have an event and tried to make it uh, something. This is you know there's so many. I mean we we're fans first and foremost. I mean but even the wrestlers there, all wrestlers. You know I I've never met a wrestler who was not a wrestling fan. You know all of us are wrestling fans. Of course we are. And not being able to see that have it be, but, you know, I've been to WrestleMania. I had the privilege of going to WrestleMania in New Orleans to watch Charlotte Flair beat Oscar in her two-year reign to see that, um, and all the great matches there, uh, you know, Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle against Triple H, and he's actually really good. Um, awesome. But that event, that atmosphere, and being there, and then having it be in an empty arena, I, I it's hard, because it's just, and that's the other side of it. It feels like there's so many opportunities lost from that. And it had some innovation, you know, obviously with uh, you know, the matches that we're seeing in Bray, uh, of course, with AJ and Undertaker. But, uh, you know, the fans, you know, we do this you know, for the fans. We don't do this for ourselves. And without the fans, it, it, it can't be the same because they, I mean, in many ways, the fans are the show. They're the show. I mean, we're there performing and doing whatnot. But without the fans, there is no show uh, fundamentally. So there is that problem. Uh, but as far as the the reset, I think that the reset's going to be sooner than rather than later. I mean, I, I think a, a lot of what uh, you know, Jake Holly was talking about earlier. I, I was listening in. Uh, you know, there's a lot of those things. You know, not necessarily wrong with, but I'm I'm always left with the thought that it's only paranoia if it's not true. You know, it's important to keep in mind. So um, there is a lot to be said with that. You know, the idea of market resets, the idea of you know, and just having a shoot job that is a business-related job, being a business owner, you know, doing that kind of stuff, seeing firsthand how these things have been. Uh, you know, there are a lot of questions, more questions than answers as to why the response has been the way it's been and how it's been. And it, there's such a degree, I think, you know, of manipulation that way on all sides from that that, 
it, it just it makes me question a lot of those things that way. But uh, you know, but fundamentally, I think the folks have to ask with new sources and other sources and vetting. It is so difficult to to vet those kind of things. And in a world where we have all this technology, abilities to do things, we believe and see less than ever and with our own eyes because, you know, 20, 30 years, I'm old enough to say this, you know, 20, 30 years ago, they, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, the news was the news was the news. And it was boring, but it was what it was. If you switch the channel, it was the same thing. It was the same facts, same stuff. Today, you know, all these different networks, six different networks, you get six different stories, all different. It's all editorialized. And that makes it very difficult to parse out well, what it really is. And that sort of lack of transparency leads even more to these kind of fearful situations where folks don't know, uh, you know, where it is. And it gets very personal and people get very upset uh, because it's involving things that are very personal for that. People's families, people's children, they, you know, kind of plays in those uh, emotions, uh, you know, the other sides of it. Uh, but the economy and people's jobs, you know, you can't stay at home if you're homeless, you know. And the idea of these sort of measurements and things in place that are sort of kicking the can down the road, that's really all that is, and eventually the, you know, the bill comes due anyway. Uh, so, you know, I'm worried for that for the rest of the workers. I mean, there are no gimmicks being sold uh, where the real money is made for almost all of us at these shows. Uh, there are no shows being done. There's no way to do it. You can't go to the gym. If you're lucky enough to have a home gym or do some stuff, that's not the same. Uh, it, it's just going to set everything back. But I do think that we're going to start seeing events opening up. Uh, realistically, probably August in terms of getting pro wrestling back as far as live shows. I think that's a realistic time frame. Uh, but my guess is that these numbers came out as they are, that by Mother's Day, I'm going to say within three to four weeks, most people will be back to work as it was before is my guess. There may be more optimistic numbers, but that's what I'm thinking at least right now. And I hope so because, you know, it's not sustainable to do that that way, and uh, it's not. Thing, you know, we got to stay 
stay strong for that and for ourselves and this love that we have. But one good thing for this is a chance for us to really hone in and focus on what we love and kind of get that fuel in for the fire because it's so easy, I think, to go and take it for granted the kind of the week in, week out, and let the you know the strains on the body and the mind, those things kind of take away from the excitement. You know, that's easy to let those things do over time, you know, because almost all of us are working hurts, almost all of us are working other jobs and any wrestling besides this. So all those things, are there, all those pressures are there. But maybe there's a blessing in all this is that it kind of gets us to recenter it and say, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do, and this is, you know, worth all the sacrifices to work because this is the kind of love we have for it, and it's worth it. You know, it's worth it for yourself, worth it for your family, it's worth it for your community, and people need entertainment. Uh, they need entertainment. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an essential sort of thing. I mean, that's, uh, you know, storytelling, all that's not just for safety purposes. You know, safe storytelling is for entertainment. You know, people do that since you're a small child, and folks need that, and they need community and camaraderie. They need the story of wrestling and why it works, you know, the heel in the face, the villain, the hero, people need that in their lives, and we need it. And we're going to get back to it, and it's going to be better than ever. And I expect to see the crowds come back, and I expect to see great events, and I can't wait to be part of it. Now, thank you so much for letting me be on the show tonight. Oh, no problem, sir. It has been a absolute pleasure, and all, the only thing that, that we want you to do is tell, tell fans how they can uh, get in touch with CEO and uh, promise that you'll come back on again. That's all you got to do. <laughs> well, I definitely, I can't wait to be back on. And, uh, you know, I talk for a living, so it's never a shortage of me talking. Don't worry about that. Uh, but as far <laughs> as uh, find me, certainly check me out on uh, on Facebook. Check out the page, Charles Evers, Dawes, good to know CEO. A homage to IRS there, Mr. Ornar Scheister. Appreciate you. Uh, so uh, just go and let me know. Anything, you know, fans, others? Work, you know, anything you need from that, you know, I, I'll be open and honest with you, try the best I can to help you out. And we'll share the love this time and every time, brother. So, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, sir. You, it has been an absolute pleasure. Until next time. Oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, that was the freaking CEO. Wow. We made it too long to have that guy on this podcast. That was a great, great. I you, so I <laughs> I'll take the blame. I will take the blame for that one. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be the the end of the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. Until next week, you know, thanks everybody for, for calling in. Thanks everybody for uh, uh, for supporting us. Thanks thanks to all of our supporters, Jay Hollywood. You know who the heck you are, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. And any last words before I close it out, sir?
opportunity to win and enjoy the WrestleTalk podcast with John Renee. Huge thanks to the FWWC, all the callers on the first hour, Jay Hollywood of the Conspiracy Farm with his co-host, USC Hall of Famer Pat Milicic, and of course, the one and only CEO. That was such a great conversation. I hate that my audio started acting up, but nevertheless, definitely do not regret making that happen, and I cannot wait to talk to him. Again, guys, stay safe, stay safe, practice social distancing, do your part so that this crap can be over and we can get back to W-R-E-S-L-I-N-G, and that is wrestling, amigos. Nightmare Jones, Night Out with a K, signing off for episode 292 of the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee. Grace and peace, everybody. Have a great night and support our sponsors.